Good morning. That was very good. Everybody's awake. What a beautiful song. More of you. Can there be anything better than more of him? Before we continue, let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For it's in you, Lord Jesus, that we have everything. It is in you that we seek to find when we are lost. It is in you where we receive eternal life. It is in you where we get hope. And it is in you, one day, we will see you face to face and have the awesome privilege of bowing down and giving you worship. Not for a moment, not for an hour, not for a day, not for a year, not for a decade, not for a lifetime, but for all eternity We will be there to worship you, to thank you for what you've given us. Now we pray as we open your word, we would pray that my words would be your words, my thoughts, your thoughts. We pray also, if there's anyone here this morning that does not yet know you as their Lord and Savior, that this morning they might discover really discover how much you love them, how much you want to give them, how much you want to bless them with new life in you, Lord Jesus. And we pray for each and every one that knows you this morning that we would treasure your word that we might not sin against thee. And we thank you now and we give praise in your precious name. Amen. I've titled today's message, Redemption, and that is going to be our subject today, and we will open from the Psalms, chapter 19, verse 14, the words of David. And these are wonderful words. These are words that we can use in a prayer to him every day and be truly blessed. Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. My rock and my redeemer. Just a wonderful portion of scripture from the best book in the world. A tireless book. A good book. A wonderful book. A book to be treasured. And I believe is still 
in all time the best-selling book, in spite of everything else that this world has to offer. David uses the words, my rock and my redeemer. And he is our rock. He is our stability. We stand fast in him. But this morning we want to focus in on the second word in that, which is redeemer. So let's define redemption. And for that, once again, I went to my trusty old Webster's Dictionary. Now, for our guests this morning, that absolutely means nothing other than it's a Webster's Dictionary. It just so happens it's a very old Webster's Dictionary that has been edited and re-edited, and they've tried their best to edit everything about God and Jesus Christ out of the dictionary over the years. But this one was pretty true to a very faithful and dedicated Christian by the name of Daniel Webster. So here's the definition of redeem. To purchase back, to regain by paying back what is due. To ransom from obligation, liability, etc. To deliver from the bondage of sin and its penalties. Hmm. Next line down, couldn't resist. He defines redeemer. Can you tell I'm getting excited? Redeemer, one who redeems. The Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Now, here is the first miracle of miracles today. The Collegiate Dictionary of Webster They just can't do anything with these two words. It is identical to the old dictionary. In spite of everything they try and do, they just can't do anything with the word redemption and redeemer. They just have to print it again. They can't edit it out. They just can't seem to do that, which they've done in so many other things. So that's a that's a nice blessing. When we look in the Bible, we see the word redemption and redeemer often. In the Old Testament, God used the word redemption usually to do with, in in regard to property, the redeeming of property, which nonetheless is such a picture of the future in our Lord Jesus Christ in, in redemption as is the key of our gospel of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, however, we see it mostly in the form of ransom. That which is needed to save, to, to redeem, to, to deliver someone from doom. But in the Old Testament, there's a wonderful book that gives such a beautiful picture and is such a foreshadow of what Jesus Christ has done for us, and that is the book of Ruth. It's a marvelous book. If you've never read it, please read it. If you've read it, read it again. I assure you it will be a blessing more than the last time you read it. And um, there's many fine examples in people in the Old Testament. It's just just full of wonderful saints. Uh, Joshua, uh, David, uh, Solomon, Moses, 
uh, Abraham. It just the list goes on and on. But unusual that it might be, my favorite person, my favorite character in the Old Testament is Ruth. And Ruth just has a spirit because Ruth didn't come from the Jews. Ruth, God chose to let her into the camp, so to speak. And she has some words that's heavily underlined in my Bible. When her mother-in-law says, you need to go back. I have to go back to Israel now. It's time for you to go back to your people in Moab. And these are Ruth's words. And these should be our words in our life and for eternity. And that's one of the reasons I just love this saint and I can't wait to meet her when we get to heaven. But Ruth said in response to Naomi, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me and worse if anything but death parts you and me. That is just marvelous. That is the most inspirational thing that I can find in the entire word of God. It just empowers me. It just gives me juice every time I read it. It's such a blessing. It is the ultimate description in the Bible of loyalty. She is to be praised and honored for her testimony. Now for that digression, because it certainly isn't in my notes. Back to redemption. Again, of which this story is such a beautiful picture of. The question we must first ask is why must we be redeemed? The reason is because of our state, our present state, as we are born into this world. Like it or not, each and every one of us are sinners. Each and every one of us have been separated from God spiritually. So we need to be redeemed. In Ephesians, it says, and please don't turn because we're going to move rather fast. In Ephesians chapter two, verses one and five, you were dead in your sins and dead in your transgressions. Each and every one of us on a spiritual basis. Obviously, we're living on a physical, but in the spiritual, we were dead. Romans says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of the Lord. There is no approaching in our natural birth the eternal God, period. We have no way, we have no access. He doesn't acknowledge us. He created us as he did everything. But there is that separation due to the penalty of sin. Psalms 14.3 says, There is no one good, not one. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 says, Although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. Now you say, oh, that's just, that's just, no, I can't accept that. I'm not a hostile person. I'm not engaged in evil deeds. Trust me, in the, in the, in the eyes, 
and in the presence of a holy God. And we're talking the Almighty here. Okay? We are talking a God that is totally holy. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is holy. He is just. He is true. His titles are, He is the the lily of the valley, the bright morning star, the fairest of 10,000 to our souls. He is the redeemer. He is the rose of Sharon. He is everything good. And in his presence, we are nothing because of what we've inherited. A sinful nature. Like it or not, spiritually, that's our state. It doesn't, it doesn't mean a thing in regards, spiritually speaking, to 55 years in the Red Cross, 20 years in retirement from the Green Berets of defending people, a policeman who's retired, all those things are honorable and are to be praised and respected. But on the spiritual realm, they mean nothing. Trust me. That's why we must be redeemed. Who will redeem us? Romans 5, 6 says, While we were still helpless... At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Isn't that an amazing thing? Now, here we get off the edge of comprehension a little. Before the world was, God knew us. How can that be? He's God. We are in these bodies stuck with a finite, limited capacity. God has created some of us brighter than others. Some of us aren't the sharpest nail in the bag. Okay? Don't throw any arrows. But he does things, and he helps us. But he is God. He is totally different. In his infinite wisdom and love, he decided to create us. In ages past of which we have no comprehension, he knew each and every one of you here this morning. Each and every one he knew. That's a marvelous thing. Psalm 49, 15 says, But God will redeem the soul from the power of hell, for he will receive me. Colossians says, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. That's what God did. Do we deserve it? Absolutely not. Are we worthy? No way. But here's the magnificent thing you're going to see in this tapestry of this message today. If you ever watch somebody weave, even in ancient times or in rural areas due to machines, there's, give me a little leeway here, ladies. There's, there's material that runs this way and there's material that runs this way. Okay, the message is going this way, but this morning you're going to see weave throughout the message love. His love. 
his awesome love, his forgiving love, his rescuing love throughout each and everything we talk about this morning. That is the kind of God we have. When we say, and from time to time it has been said by many over the years, especially in the cities, when we say something should be done about skid row, it's an old term for the young, the slums, where the poor and deprived and the not so well off live in perception of today. Something should be done about skid row is the statement. Do you know God is saying the same thing about us? And that's why he sent his son to help us and to redeem us and to take care of us. That's from J. Vernon McGee. Good old preacher. So, having understood what redemption is, why we must be redeemed, who will redeem us, we think of where do we go to be redeemed. Where we go to be redeemed is only one place. That's the cross. The cross where Jesus Christ was crucified is where we go. 1 Peter 2.24 says, And he himself bore our sin in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds or his stripes we are healed. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning... It's a marvelous thing because on a spiritual level, we've been healed. We've been healed from calamity. We've been healed from doom. We've been healed from hopelessness. Isn't that a marvelous thing? There's a song I love that so describes the cross of Christ. And it goes like this. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? And did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree? Amazing pity. Grace unknown. And love beyond degree. What a wonderful song. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. He stepped in. He paid the price where we could not. He did that for each and every one of his creations. Each and every one that is born, he's there to rescue us. And believe me, we need it. Even though some don't believe it, some don't believe what I'm saying. Some say that's your opinion. It's not really, though I agree with it. It's his opinion. And in the long run, 
it will make a difference. If you believe him, if you trust his word, if you accept him as your savior, you will be the benefactor. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the agony. The torturous pain. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is our God today. This is what our God has done for us. How can we be redeemed this morning? How can we be redeemed? There is only one way. By accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It is the only way to be rescued from the destiny that was given us by birth, which is a life in hell. You hear all the time, you hear people say, I just don't buy it. I'm going to leave this life as much as I can and that's it and it's over. I believe there's another way. I believe there's an Eastern religion that can get me there. I believe that there's this religion that can get me. I believe there's that religion. I believe a cult can get me there. I believe all these different things. I believe the golden rule, I can just live my life as good as it gets and I'll be okay. I'll squeak through. God says in his word, there's a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. And here's the key. Here's the clincher. Every one of those in the past that has said that, man, woman, in any way, totally rejected Jesus Christ. The minute death took hold, every single one of those people that did not know Jesus Christ, that did not accept his free gift of salvation, that were not washed in the blood of the Lamb, every one of those who also may have made a false profession in no reality, not really born again, not really saved, the moment they pass out of this life, they realize for a millisecond their error. They realize, oh my God, what have I done? From Hitler to the do-gooder, remember this. Hitler's depravity and wickedness and evilness that he did, did not get him in hell. But you say he was so wicked, he was so evil, he was so diabolical. Yes, he was. It qualified him for hell, but it did not get him to hell. He got in hell because he rejected Jesus Christ. The same as the do-gooder who says, I'm going to work my way to heaven. I'm going to decide what's right. Rejecting Christ is what gets you to hell. This statement that people say, oh, there's a special place in hell for people like Hitler. Wrong! 
There is no special place. Hell is horrible. Hell is just, it's beyond our comprehension, the depth. Jesus says with gnashing of teeth and groaning. Have you ever been hurt where you experience pain? Even for a moment that was so hard to endure, it was unbearable. It was horrible. Times it by a billion. And that's it every second. Forever. They don't die. They don't stay there. They are resurrected and forever. One billion years from now, when we're sitting on a bench in heaven talking about wonderful things, one billion years from now, they will still be in the same agony, the same torture, the same remorse. They're not getting together having card games together. They most probably will not see anybody else because hell is a huge expanse. They will be alone in absolute torture. I'm telling you here this morning, if this doesn't motivate us to live a life for Christ and to let people see what they should see to escape, something's wrong. But that's hell, folks. Another digression. It's not in my notes. But I would say needed. We must accept Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. He did that, you know, because he loves us. He loves each and every one of you this morning. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, you just don't have a clue yet how much he loves you. I'm here to tell you that every day when I get up, I do discover a little more of how much he really loves me. It's a growing thing. When you come to know him, you're grateful for this eternal life. This being freed from the bondage of sin. And the con job, the total con job the devil does on the unsaved. He's working 24-7 to convince them there's something more important and more worthy than a life in Christ. But once you've been saved, day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out you really start to realize more and more. The song this morning, was that not wonderful? More of you. And we want more of him, don't we? Each and every day. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Boy, that just cancels all other religions, all other thoughts of life, all other philosophies. They're all in the tank. They have all been, so to speak, 86. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. And he will will have compassion on him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon You know, once in a while, somebody's gone to jail and it's been a mistake. And every once in a while, you hear a story that they've discovered the travesty of justice of the person who's been there for a month or 18 years and they're released. How wonderful. 
how marvelous it is to be able to walk out of a prison where you were unjustly jailed. That's a marvelous thing. Here's the deal. This is why this is more marvelous. We deserve to be in the jail. Okay? We deserve to be locked up forever spiritually. When we turn to him and when we accept his free gift of eternal life, it's even more marvelous because he's freed us. There's a song, My Redeemer. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me on the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. I will tell the wondrous story of my lost estate to save. In his boundless love and mercy, he the ransom freely gave. I will sing of my Redeemer, his heavenly love to me. He from death to life had bought me, Son of God, with him to be. A quote. The loss of wealth is much. The loss of wealth is much. Some of us have known someone who's had an awful lot and lost it all. That is tough. When you've had it and you lose it, the loss of wealth is much. The loss of health is more. Hmm? Have we been sick before? Have we seen somebody that's been sick? All of a sudden, not much else means much. The loss of health is more, but the loss of Christ is such a loss that no man can restore. Riches, it's tough. Health, it can be unbearable. The loss of the opportunity to come to Christ is unbearable. That's how we can be redeemed. When can we be redeemed? Church? Yes. Home? Yes. Work? Yes. Car? Yes. Train? Yes. Airplane? Yes. Anywhere you can be redeemed. Here's the key. It isn't where you get redeemed, although it's memorable. Getting redeemed is essential. 1 Corinthians, no, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. For he says, at the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, 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 now is the day of salvation. There's a theme running here, now. Because no one is guaranteed another millisecond of life. You may live to 80. How many times have we picked up the paper and someone got in their car to go from A to B, fully expecting to get there and disaster strikes or in the air or on a rail or walking? How horrible those poor children that were killed in Danville. By a car. 
Here's the one comforting thing about children that die. They will be with the Lord. Before the age of accountability, it doesn't matter who their moms and dads are. It doesn't matter what they do. They can be killers, thieves. They can be Muslims. They can be Buddhists. Those children, when they die, they are not to the point of being accountable for their conduct or their sins. It's going to be marvelous when we get to heaven to see all the children that got there early through tragedy. But they're there. What's amazing to me is sometimes a parent at the the horrible loss of a child turns their back on God. And sadly, the child's in heaven waiting one day to see the parent. But the parent got too angry with God and chose not to accept the free gift. There is a tragedy. In conclusion, it's time to let you go home. A question. I want to ask those of you who do not know the Lord this morning, I want to ask you a question. If not today, to accept him as your Savior, when? Tomorrow? Some other day? A better time? You just don't understand. Now is not a good time for me. And that may be that now is not so great. Here's a news flash. Not so great will get a whole lot better. Trust me. Not so great will become marvelous. Your situation still may not be so great. But all of a sudden, you will have a list of things that you instantly get upon accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Love. Joy. Peace. Peace. How about that? In not so good situations, is there any peace? No peace. Patience. Kindness. Gentleness. Faithfulness. All those things. Self-control. You say you don't have self-control in your life. You need anger management. Or you need rehab. Or you need different things. Or there's some secret sins and I just can't let anybody know. Otherwise, my whole life I'll be dead as a doornail. Everything will then really collapse. Newsflash. He will give you self-control. To walk away from things and bondages in life that pull us down. He's willing to do that. Remember, we're not assured of how much time we have left. And if you refuse his invitation, this is what he says, okay? This is very important you understand this. I don't say this with arrogance. I don't say this with anything but mercy. But I do ask for mercy. Please don't kill the messenger here, okay? It's very, very important. This is what he says. If you don't accept his free gift of salvation, it's a ticket onto the boat that's going to be a cruise forever that's going to be wonderful, If you don't accept that ticket, he has one word he calls you. A fool. A fool. And in reality, it's true. No more foolish decision has anybody made 
than to reject Jesus Christ and die in their sins and be in hell for eternity. Another song that each and every believer should be able to wake up with and go to bed with, no matter what our circumstances, no matter what our situations, no matter what our difficulties, no matter what's going on, this song should be in our heart every day if we're walking with him and we're trusting in him. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the lamb, redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. One more question. We who are saved here today, we who know the Lord Jesus Christ, how are we living? How are we living our life? And the last question, I promise, as Christians now, Are we living our lives like we're never leaving here? And there isn't anything beyond this life? That would be pretty sad. Are you living this life like it's the only one? Or are our hearts and thoughts preparing for what lies beyond this present life? Our future life, heaven, all eternity, all eternity will be good forever and ever and ever. It won't stop. The cruise ship of righteousness never docks. We never go home because we are home. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes for one moment. And before I pray, I want to just read something to you. It is titled, What Would It Profit? If all the riches of this world were mine, and all the lovely gems that brightly shine, if I possess a large estate and grand, and choices fruitful fields and timberland, What would it profit me if death should call? If I could somehow win this world's applause and rise to lofty heights in great applause. If I could have my fondest hopes fulfilled and with the prestige won, be greatly thrilled. What would it profit me if I reach my goal? And then should die in sin and lose my soul. (coughs) And consort with the greatest ones of earth. If I could boast of noble birth. If I could make some friends 
in every land and find in every place an outstretched hand. How dreadful in the end would be my lot if Christ should then declare, I know you not. Something to ponder this morning. But above all else, realize two things this morning. God loves you. In spite of your conduct, in spite of anything else, trust in this. Because his scriptures don't lie. God loves you. He created you. He may not be happy with you. But he loves you in all that you are. Your soul, your spirit, your body. He loves you. And two, he wants to give you eternal life. In turn, you must acknowledge that you're a sinner. You must acknowledge what he did for you. You must accept what he did for you. And your life will never be the same. Christians this morning, how are we living? Are we living for the next paycheck? Are we living for the next home? Are we living for the next car? Are we living for the next game? Are we living for the next advancement? All those things are okay, but it should not be what we're living for. We should be living for him. We should be letting people see us, and by that we need to walk with him. In the memory class this morning, we understood the scripture to tell us we need to be pleasing to him each and every day so others would see and want. And let that be our prayer this morning. Because it's never too late. If you're not happy with how your life has been, that's the marvelous thing about Jesus Christ. He'll take it, he'll turn it around, and he'll bless you. All you need is to let him do it. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the life we have in you. And we pray for each and every person here this morning that you would bless them and keep them. And that if anyone doesn't know you, that they would turn to you and accept this marvelous eternal life you have to give them. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.